0: Good evening. Today is Monday, January 24th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter, How It Works, this is step four, and our speaker tonight zooming in from the West Coast, is Ganeet. Thank you. Take it away, Ganeet.
1: Well, thank you so much, Lita, and everybody. Oh my gosh, I have to say, so Ganit compulsive overeaters so grateful to be with you, even if I don't know you all across the world all across the globe, even if you're not here. Thank you. Like, thank you for existing to give me a life like really thank you and i'll tell you how it works is so like minute by minute when we say the day I get reminded it's like this minute and yesterday for some of you may know like the usual Sunday morning meeting that I try to dial into had a little zoom issue going on on the website so I miss some of you peeps and it someone like threw me off a little bit, you know, and, uh, and I don't always get to it, but I get to see some amazing faces and it just makes me feel grounded again that I would normally see. And so it, it, like how it works, show up, you know, and it's not even saying it, showing up and doing it. This is such a powerful, powerful chapter. I mean, how can I even say I, for those of you who don't know my story, just to qualify briefly, I mean, I have to put two feet on the ground and where I say gratitude, that power, whatever you call it, the amazing gift of willingness that could only come from that power, the the miracle of walking into whether it was a virtual room or a real room when I did at the time and you existed, giving me the glimmer of the hope that something is possible. And I did not even know I was in bondage to the food or to myself and my ideas. I mean, such a powerful reading of something so great. And, it's been over 10 and a half years now or so, something like that. June would be June's end of June is towards that anniversary. And, you know, I only say that because that's such a miracle. Like when I walked in and somebody said to me, or I heard the share, you know, like, oh, it was like holidays and nothing, you know, it's no big deal or whatever. And I was such a goody two-shoes that I literally remember, like, for the first time consciously saying, what the, I mean, you know, dropping that bomb right there in my mouth. And I was like, that's not even possible. That I mean, it's not like it was a language that I didn't speak. That's how much bondage I was in that I didn't know I was in bondage, you know, and oh, just to briefly qualify from that food history, you know, the fourth step that inventory really gets into behind the reasons of the food history but you know I was kind of like all over the place I was in a nutshell, binging and restricting were a great thing. And it was so easily disguised in my world, at least because everybody that I knew was always on a diet and it's like the cool thing to do. So, you know, you gain five and you lose five and you gain 20 and I lose 20. And I, you know, I mean, until I really realized like something happened, something, and that's why I feel like it is a spiritual program of recovery. Something clicked right around at some point where I was so grateful to walk in and i was like i'm i'm young i just you know finished a master's degree i'm like the first person in my family to to come here and study this amazing university and my parents have worked so hard to give me such a good life and i've had such a loving life and i have so much going for me i've like my whole life in front of me and i just wanted to die and it and it didn't even matter what I mean I was conscious enough to say it doesn't matter what I'm putting in my mouth at this point it's just gonna taste like ashes and I could just completely go for the next diet again but what's the point I go on this roller coaster ride of hell and I'm just waiting for something to you know there's no happiness and for the first time I think when a surrender comes and language comes that I don't even speak a kind of threw my hands up in the air and I said something like I never thought would come out of my mouth that wasn't like English to me where I was like God I, I just don't care the size of the pants anymore. I don't care. I just wanna be happy. And I kid you not, since I was born, I think it was engraved in me, God bless her in the fourth step. God knows I've talked about my mother to piece, You know, it was like always 10 pounds, always 10 pounds, always 10. I mean, always a size. But I realized the pattern of that destruction thinking that was going on along the ways is all because I will, I could get every single thing that I think I want, like overly saturated on the face of this earth, right? A billion dollars plus one, Uh, the size of whatever plus one, a scale of whatever the the men, people, places, jobs, success, a Nobel prize, a Pulitzer prize, a whatever prize. And I honestly answered the question, will I be happy? No. The way my brain is wired, the core of the addiction that comes out when I do an inventory is I am addicted to never being like in that serenity. And there will always be something else. So I, I mean, it comes to that kind of desperate pain. And for anybody who's in the fourth or anything, honestly, it's n- Having crossed over that line of a fearless and moral inventory side, that pain is just but a flicker for the, the gift of abundance and serenity that starts to come around. And it's just so, so takes what it takes for me to finally sit and I have to go through it over and over again you know I mean I that's just me I, I need a minute by minute reminder I don't graduate in fact I get stupider every single minute and if I get stupider God's answering my prayers because I need to less think I need to dumb things down and I need to just be in action like that's what how it works to me is it's just living it it's just doing it it's like you're not writing stepping on the side thinking am I ready there's still an eye running the show there it's just like doing it it's just living it you know at least from my perspective here and so it's just kind of like you power know something better you always have and there's never been a bad I mean I hate to say it like that because I know there's so much suffering in the world but there's just not a bad about, you know, God, you do have a plan and just take me through. And He has. And He, the fact that I've done those, I mean, I've done, I keep repeating the steps. I turned over another inventory towards the end of last year and, you know, went through really the resentment that I always recognize is the one to myself. I should have, but I let somebody get. Oh, wait, you know, the whole I, visit, it's, oh, it's never really been about my mom. It's been about me and my insecurities. And I get a little more awakened to it every single time. I just had a daily conversation with her right now. And I was like, why are you expecting a different answer, Ganit? That's who she is. It's my insecurity that wants her to agree with, you know. So that's the part of the serenity that starts to come along and to just move forward to the next minute and be of service here and so forth. But, you know, reading that we asked his protection and care with complete abandon. The steps that go in order. This stuff makes more and more, the simple things, it goes in order. It makes more and more sense to me every single time that I work it. Okay, Bill's story. I came from a place of faith. I literally, when I was at that point of desperation to want to die, I and I said, I did not realize that I'm believing in a God of like verbal sayings, but at the same time, I'm actually worshiping a critic. I'm not recognizing powerlessness or surrender in any of this. I'm still believing you have a good education. You've been given every single thing of your life. How can you not handle this food thing? You know, I'm still believing in the whole I business. There's no surrender involved in here for me at all. And I literally love Bill's story because, you know, I mean, this is why I got to repeatedly work it. Maybe like a couple of years later, somebody pointed me towards Bill's story and said, really work that story. And it was profound to me. The conceptual idea. I mean, I've worked the steps, but you know, every single time, what is that power? What is that? Does that power expect me to be rid of my guilts, to be constantly in agony, to be in that manipulative voice? And I just read like six step work to my sponsor yesterday. And I said, you know, I think this is the first time I wrote it like this, where I'm judging myself for having a feeling, you know? And I mean, yeah, he doesn't want me to suffer in fear, but there's the whole I again, I'm recognizing the fear, but it's like this. I business of I, I I've had so much judgment that I should fix it for God's sakes. I'm a well-educated person. I believe in God. I believed in God my whole life. Why do I have fear over any of this and so forth? But you know, Abandon yourself completely. That's that idea of the faith business. It's not the God that I knew, but it takes a certain amount of suffering and pain for me to have thrown my hands up in the air, to have said, God, take this or take me. And it, you know, that, and then later on, I realized that that, This disease in recovery is my greatest gift because something greater than me wants to give me a happiness over the Nobel prize that I think is the greatest happiness or the bazillion dollars or the man of my dreams or whatever it's going to be. Something greater than me has a plan greater than myself. And that's what I needed. I had the weight of the world, the guilt of my family, the, I call him the Pope of India, sitting in my house at one point, right when I was in the middle of the fort, telling me what I needed to do to be a good girl or something like, I mean, this was hell. This was really hell. I mean, there was no way out. So, I mean, when we say complete abandon, yeah. And then made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. The first time I did the fourth, the first time I looked at the eighth, I was like, "No way!" I went, i didn't want to do this program because of the whole "no way" business. You know, I mean, I really—the more honest I get, that rigorous honesty—and finally, those words started to make sense to me. My sponsor said to me, "You know, you're in half measures there, Kenny." And I was like, huh? No, I hit the whole serving that I said. I would. It wasn't like half measures there. It was like, you're still holding on to your old ideas of God. You're still thinking that if you, if you follow your heart, can eat, it's going to be bad.
2: Like I'm waiting
1: for that grim reaper to come out and haunt me. But you guys, this is the miracle that I've experienced where I say, thank you for the gift of life. Something where... Is worse than fear, and that's bondage. And behind that moral inventory was the it wasn't so much about the people, it was about my thinking. I still worship guilt, I still worship shoulds, I still worship that I'm responsible for your happiness and everybody else's, and I'm still absolutely a piece of crap now i could have been the goody two shoes on the face of the earth in fact you know when i got down to the later steps and so forth and this is why i work it with somebody other than myself and my best ideas because like my sponsor was like so and i realized you don't apologize for guilt ganit just because it's guilt It doesn't mean it's God. There's like a two different thing. And I still work six and seven. I mean, you know, the sixth step of we're entirely ready. That's what how it works is to me. Yeah, just keep doing it. You know, I'm not going to be perfect, but that's even more powerful than the God of perfect. So, I'm sorry, where am I on time, by the way? Am I like in my last five minutes here or so?
3: No, I am...
0: You
4: have, um, yeah, you you've got about four minutes left. Five minutes. Four
0: minutes.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. So you know, I wanted. That's what it was like. That's what happened. to Actually, start to work it. What did happen? I mean, okay. When I say there's something worse than fear, it's it's bondage, and that's the miracle of abstinence there's an awakening and there's an awareness. I remember when I did this fourth step deeply the first time and I looked at the level of bondage I was in and it was to a point of between me, my higher power, and that was it. And at that point of night, I looked at the food in the kitchen, I remember exactly. And I said, well, you can have it, but it's two steps from slicing my wrists. And I might as well slice the wrists. It was like, I'm going to go eat the bananas and slice the wrists, And, you know, it doesn't even. And that's when I rolled over and just went to sleep. And that, you know, when it comes down to this whole faith business, I was like, okay, you out there? From the girl who like thought she knew faith her whole time to a point of desperation to abandon and try, because at that point of surrender, when I first actually Nobody ever told me about 12 steps. How I got here is a miracle on its own. Nobody in my family has ever done anything like this, but the angel of mercy was brought to me at that point of where I wanted to die. And that's just how that power works. I mean, constantly showing me again and again, it's not a bad thing I'm doing. I'm just taking you through it. You don't have to suffer these things that you suffer thinking you're bad. Thank you. Thank you. And so, you know, It was like, I can't do this anymore. And I'm asking you power to please do this for me. And that's what happened. And as hard as it was, it felt like I was betraying God himself when I was trying to follow that power of love and cleaning house with others, but from living in that bondage of hell and being a robot to do exactly what I should do, maintaining the weight of everybody else's happiness on my shoulders and the the, the, the future of all generations of a culture and having a Pope sit here and say my life is like, you know, I mean, to the point of having that courage to just hold on and sing, it's just you and me now, power. It's just you and me to actually walking out and getting a step of life on my own. And that was not easy walked physically out of a home, walked physically into other countries, walked physically into a job. And that's what how it works and make a searching and fearless moral inventory is like for me. And come back around, he's never let me down. Those relationships have become so pure love, a job that's grown out to be an honest, growing career where I can actually have some uh, it's a a respectable thing and all it is is sticking to my side of the we talked about a big book get it this thing's traveled with me everywhere it's not kind of like you know falling apart it's coming across the countries with me to never having a physical activity and crossing like avon walks for breast cancer because there was a heart that called it's all humility to me came out to all i want to do is follow my heart and that's it because something else is managing everything else. And if that power could manage that first bite of abstinence, that power has proven its power. Thank you so much for being here. I think I went over. I apologize, but thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Gunit. We will now open the meeting for questions for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to help keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. Perfect. It's all yours, Jana.
2: Hi, oh, I'm sorry. I got it out of order here. First, we have Laura. Then we'll have Angela. Go ahead, Laura. Hi, uh, I'm Laura in Texas. Um, A grateful, recovering, emotional, and compulsive overeater. Thank you so much, Ganeet, for your share. I related to a lot of it. Uh, Definitely, I was I was very nervous about the fourth step when I got to it because. Um, I too have have felt so much guilt in my life. I was raised Catholic, so that might be part of it. But it's like every little thing, and more than that, even stuff that wasn't like church rules, like the classroom rules, the speed limit, everything. I was very uh, obsessive compulsive about following all the rules, but that didn't make me happy. <laughs> it it didn't at all. It just uh, you know made me feel guilty and because it, it's not possible to follow them all perfectly. And so, and I also know that, that there's no ideal weight that will make me happy either. I actually knew that from a very young age because I was actually underweight as, as a child. I, partly I think because my parents are from India and I was raised in the U.S. and their height and weight charts are uh, slightly, are different. Um and it you know I don't even know how they do it now because it varies so much by like who your what size your parents are and stuff. But anyway, so I was like off the charts underweight so my parents are always trying to get me to eat and I even have like written in my diary like if I can have some more fat I'll be happy. Um that's what I thought. Uh obviously <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't work. Um I got to a healthy weight in high school after I hit puberty finally. And I got to like pretty much the perfect figure. I was hourglass, big breasts, big butt, tiny waist, long, skinny legs. And I wasn't happy. Um, I've been to I've gotten overweight, of course, wasn't happy. I'm now obese. But now I'm like the happiest I've ever been. And I'm obese. No one would no one would look at my body and tell me it was perfect. No doctor would No, I, mean, uh, I have like this belly and everything, but. It was this program that really helped me uh, and and the fourth step and the serenity prayer. Um, part of my problem was I was all worried about things I can't control, like politics, the global situation, mental reminder, and other people, which, of course, you know, is none of my business. And once I was able to let go of things that aren't my business, which is almost everything, um, I felt a lot of relief and it's really helped my anxiety a lot. So thank you for letting me share, Pass.
3: Thank you for sharing, Laura. And next we
2: have Angela.
4: Hey everyone, I am Angela, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, thank you everybody doing service. Thank you so much, Gunit. Uh, it was wonderful hearing you. Uh, your message was loud and clear. What I heard was that, uh, you know, this disease uh, has manifested in a disease of not ever being enough, having enough. And that is uh, so true in how I grew up and how I felt. And it was just a hamster wheel, right? That I could never, ever get off of, uh, or so I didn't think so. But, you know, I wasn't very conscious of it. It was just a way of living. So, um, you know, uh, I love your uh, passion for your process around the fourth step. Uh, It was uh, illuminating uh, beyond belief for me. It was a time of finally uh, taking responsibility, uh, where I thought that I just did the best I could, given what I didn't get growing up. Uh, so, you know, to really take responsibility and then, um, you know, to actually make the amends and, uh, and experience that guilt and shame lift and start experiencing the promises in my life. Um, it has been quite a remarkable uh, experience for sure. Um, you know, you said that God has a bigger plan for me than, uh, than I could have ever imagined for myself. And boy, that has absolutely been true for me. I don't know why I'm still here today. I don't know why I made it through so many different circumstances and situations and relationships, but there is a bigger plan here for sure. And the last thing that you said, which I think is so powerful, is if I let that power, that if I let my higher power manage everything, then I can actually follow my own heart. How powerful that is, that to me just blew me away because what's ex- what I'm experiencing now is coming into this program it literally was a checklist right everything that i had to do to recover was an absolute checklist and now it just feels like like the power is in me i don't know it's i feel like i'm in the flow i'm so being fed and energized by my outreach calls and this process, this work and doing service, like I'm just loving every minute of it. So um, anyway, I just love that, right? If I let my higher power manage everything then I can follow my heart. Beautiful. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, Angela. And
2: next we have Amy.
3: Hi, I'm Amy L., recovered compulsive overeater and exercise philemic. I didn't mean to put a heart on me. Um, Hi, everyone. I I just want to. Sorry. Okay. I wanted to thank you, Ganeet for sharing with us tonight and thank you everyone for your shares and your service and just being here. Um, My camera's frozen, but hopefully you can hear me. Uh, I also related to the um, disease of not enoughness. I often felt like an imposter through my life. I didn't understand why I could win awards and, have accomplishments and still feel so broken and and not okay and um I loved when you said about there's something worse than the fear it's the bondage being in bondage and for me it not only showed up the bondage of compulsive eating but it showed up very much since I was a girl with body obsession and um, I I know that you know I've had different sponsors over the years and some do not put um, thoughts about self or self on the on the fourth step list I also heard from someone who speaks a lot on on the fourth step that he puts Principles, as it says in the big book. And for me, I did put on my obsession with body image and weight because it was a deep, deep selfishness. It kept me completely in a prison of bondage of self. And, you know, fear. We can, we learn in this program, we can walk through fear with one another, with our higher power. But if I'm stuck in bondage and I'm not willing to loosen my grip, my higher power can't help me. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you everyone for being here.
2: Thank you for sharing, Amy. And next we
4: have Francesca.
5: Hi everyone. I'm Francesca. Um, I'm very grateful. Um, compulsive overeater and bulimic um, and happy to be here. And um, I am grateful to be a compulsive overeater and a bulimic, which I have to say, cause it doesn't always like connect, but um, your share tonight really reminded me of that because I have just, since I was a kid, like I, when I was a kid, I used to try to like drown but like I didn't want to drown all the way I wanted it to be kind of like a near death like drowning so that like my parents would find me and like pay attention but eventually I'd be like oh I guess no one's coming let me just you know I like hide in closets and stuff and I've just always had this thing of like I don't want to commit suicide I guess but I just don't want to be here um and so when you said that thing about like picking up the food is like, I might as well, you know, slip my wrists. Like I have to remember that like to eat is to die, but I can't remember <laughs> because I, you know, I'm broken and I won't remember. And like, I um, cut my thumb um, on Saturday on um, chopping vegetables and I'm like such a baby. I'm like, ah! and it's like, now I'm all like, it's like, well, that doesn't happen with food. Like it says in the big book, you know, hot stove um but i just i'd never heard someone say that about bondage what's worse than fear is bondage and um i remember in a step four thing it was saying a defect is the fear of fear and it's just like i'm just afraid and it's like what of everything and i did all these fear chains and it was like of being homeless of the you know of just everything and um and just sort of so warped in reality so um and you said like about that this power um you know, if this power can stop me from that one bite, then it's like everything is just I don't remember exactly what you said. But it just was like amazing because I if I take the first bite, then everything is just. But like if I can just localize it to that, like power, like, you know, whatever, however, whoever, everything, nothing like just like just leaving that first bite up to like something that's not me. Um, and then that too is just like, cause that's like the bondage thing, the fear, like if I'm afraid I'm going to like pick up, then I'm not going to be of service to anyone. Then there's no point of me being here that I'm still going to be sort of like in my victim. Um, and this like asking, you said like asking you to please do it for me and the courage to just hold on. Um, I just, um, oh, and you also said just because it's guilt doesn't mean it's God. And that is just like, amen. Um, And you mentioned stuff about like, you know, clinical code. Gentle gentle reminder. Oh, okay. I think that means I'm done. Uh, Thank you so much um, for your share. Thank you everyone.
0: We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. With the Zoom host please